Welcome in, everybody, and welcome to another week of First Seed, first seed Fantasy. Wow, I almost said First Seed Sports, but either way, we are both of them. Uh, I am your host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by, uh, you know, lovely as always, Zach Cole. Zach, what's up? Happy happy recording day. What's going on? And Kyle, you made me laugh there. I, I think we, we're we trying to monopolize the First Seed title. I think we're just we're going to get everything, you know? Eventually, it'll be like first seed groceries, first seed like <laughs> everything. No, uh, I'm just joking. But yeah, no, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to our topic today. I won't I won't spoil it just yet. I'll let you introduce in just a second here. But uh, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited too. But Zach alluded to topic of the day: best ball, and a little bit more specifically, we're going to be talking underdog best ball. And mm-hmm. for those tuning in, uh, whether you're watching this or if you're watching this. We are going to be doing a a live underdog draft. We won't be commenting on it. This will just kind of be for your viewing pleasure. I'm at pick five, uh, and Zach might chime in here and there uh, with, with his thoughts. But we're talking best ball. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking underdog and strategies. But I think our overall um, goal is just talk best ball. What we're what we're gearing for. What we think. What our minds think when we head into these. Uh, into these drafts um and before we get into that i want to want to mention our underdog uh promo code which you'll probably see on the screen somewhere uh use code first seed and you'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to 100 dollars. that basically just means you put you put in a hundred dollars using our code your first deposit you get another hundred dollars so with using first seed you basically get a hundred free dollars uh, and that's just on your first deposit and it doesn't have to be a hundred. I think the minimum is 10. So you could put in 20 bucks, you get an extra 20 bucks. Uh, and that's just our gift to you essentially, but also <laughs> a, a gift from, uh, underdog to, to us and to you. So use code first seed. It's awesome. It, it's a pleasant, uh, it's a great experience. And if you're new to best ball, if you don't know what best ball is, it's essentially fantasy football without the, the in-season management. So you just draft and your team that you've drafted is uh, your squad for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of auto selects your starting roster each week to, to make your best roster. And with that, you just kind of, it, it kind of goes through the season with that. Uh, no matchups. It's just kind of end of season point totals. It's Kyle. It's one of the small delights in the world of checking your best balls at the end of the season and seeing, Oh, I'm actually, I'm in the green on this one. I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> Uh, it kind of it, it's like a you're, you taking care of yourself, your future self right now. You're saying, hey, I believe in this guy and down the road, you know what? It's going to pan out and we're going to we're going to be in business. I'm going to win you some money. And underdogs, the, the best place to play best ball. Uh, we're, we're both huge fans of best ball. And right now, underdog is also doing a cardio club, uh, which is pretty cool. And you can get in some best ball mania. Uh, so if you go to Underdog's Twitter, you can see some of the details about that right now, which is pretty cool. I know Kyle and I have been having a good time with that recently. So um, shout out to shout out to Underdog. They're a yeah, great, un- great site. Underdog's fun. They've got a lot of fun promos that just go on uh, right now. Like as you, I mentioned, I'm in an Underdog draft. Uh, this is the the puppy. So it's basically the five dollar entry. But the big the big meat of the the Underdog world right now is. 
the best ball mania, which is $25 entry. And I'm, I mean, it's a $3 million top prize. So if you come in first on that of the, the entire uh, entry pool, you're getting $3 million. You may uh, never have to play best ball again. You're you may be- never <laughs> have to touch a, a, a fantasy draft in your lifetime ever again. Uh, but that $3 million is just the top prize in a, a $15 million total prize pool. So there, there's a lot of money that can be won here. And uh, mm-hmm. I, we're here to basically help you uh, get on track to potentially win some big money. With that being said, Kyle, I think we should jump into our strategies. I, I, I see you've already put one to use here. Yes. Uh, I, the one that Zach is alluding to that will kind of kick us kick this off with is stacking. Uh, drafting players from the same offense. Uh, basically, you're, you're betting on this offense to be, to be great. And the, the one that I just was – I'm so excited to finally have – finally have a piece of this. I stacked Travis Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes. And it, it basically it, – it, it doesn't always require the quarterback to, to make these stacks. You're basically betting on an offense to be productive. And the, the benefit of kind of having that stack is you're just like, like the Eagles last year. This team's going to be scoring offensive points. I want all of that those points. They're going to be make uh, they're going to be consuming yards, they're going to be gaining yards, they're going to be scoring touchdowns. And if you have pieces of that offense on your team, you're you're gaining points. So if they put up 50 points a game, odds are you have guys scoring multiple touchdowns. And and that's kind of the the avenue that stacking allows you to allows you to tackle. Yeah, and Kyle, you touched on the fact that you're looking to pick a potent offense, a high-scoring offense, but it doesn't just necessarily need to be uh, the quarterback and the uh, the wide receiver or the tight end in your situation with Kelsey here. You can just also take guys that are both on the same offense, so you're basically like taking in all the points that an offense is scoring. I think uh, guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, guys like Jamar Chase and – um, T Higgins guys like e- even a, a new stack that we might have now is uh, Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison so it's just basically trying to get equity in a high level passing game that's going to get you points week in and week out and the other side of that is it doesn't even have to be the passing offense it could mm-hmm. be I mean I'm staring at a guy right now it could be an offense altogether which is like San Francisco you may right. not want the quarterback because I mean at this point it's up in the air for some reason uh but I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Debo, and then you get Ayuk. You've got three guys in Kittle. You've, those are four guys who I think I just named three, four, four, uh, four guys who can and will be scoring fantasy points on one similar offense. And kind of adding those stacks uh, allows you to just bank on an offense to score. Well, and the beauty too, especially in a best ball league, and why stacking is such a viable to that extent. Stacking is such a viable option is that you're you don't have to necessarily worry about the bye weeks. You can kind of more so more so just take guys that are a part of an offense and then you can kind of fill in those extra spots on the back end because the best ball roster is so big that you don't have to worry about the bye weeks as much as you do in a in an actual fantasy league where if you're stacking the 49ers and I don't know their bye week off the top of my head. I'm trying to see if anyone's right there in the in the queue that's coming up. Uh whatever. But um Oh, San Francisco Kittle. Week nine. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that week nine bye. You can kind of just take all those guys, and then when week nine rolls around, you can rely on your backups a little bit, and more so than in an actual fantasy league where you would be scrambling to pick guys up off the waiver wire and making transactions you don't maybe don't want to make. 
or even uh, another, I mean, just keep adding to these, these examples, but Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, Mm -hmm. Uh, the the odds of the two of them having a huge week at the same time is kind of small, but uh, Terry McLaurin could have three weeks of 20 plus points. And then, uh, then Jahan Dotson kind of, kind of steps in and and it's his offense for a few weeks and having the two of them on your team just kind of ensures that you have the top guy, uh, you're scoring points and it, it allows you to kind of have that backup option in, in an offense. I don't know if I have anything else to add to stacking. I think, I think we've, I think we've covered all the topics there, but, um, I, stacking is definitely a viable option in the past. I, I've, I've always personally liked to do it with, uh, a quarterback that is is blatantly obvious in loving his wide receiver or his tight end, kind of like Kyle did here to start off this draft that you see on screen. Uh, Mahomes clearly, his favorite target is clearly Travis Kelsey in this yeah. offense. For a while, there might have been a dispute when Tyree Kill was there, but now it is evident. I, I love a stack of like Lamar and Mark Andrews, um, just guys that have their dude and go to that dude all the time. Um, even even if you kind of want to take a discount, you can. You can do something like pay up for Justin Jefferson early in a draft and then wait a bunch of rounds later and end up getting Kirk Cousins. So every touchdown that the two of them connect for is is double the points, essentially. So stacking is definitely a viable strategy. But I, I think the one warning, if I had to give one, Kyle, is you don't need to go out of your way to do it. I think if it kind of just falls in the flow of your draft, I think that's the best opportunity to stack. Not necessarily yeah. if you're – you know, you're not taking Justin Jefferson in round one and then Kirk Cousins in round two just to make sure you get the stack. You know, if the cards fall right and Kirk's sitting there in round nine, round 10, or whenever you're drafting him, that's the, that's the opportunity to stack. Don't go out of your way is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, it. I, I think that's kind of the big one is don't force it. Don't force the stack. Uh, it's one of those things you can dream of. You put the guys in your queue. You, you're hopeful that these guys will make it to you. Uh, like I did with Mahomes, but it don't force it. Don't jump ADP just because you real you really want this stack. Uh, at, at that point, it's just like all right, wait until the next pick. Uh, mm-hmm. ADP will kind of guide you to where you need it to be. Um, don't be taking uh, your QB one to pair with your wide receiver in the second round uh, that doesn't belong there. Like don't be taking a Trevor Lawrence round two. Uh, before guys like Allen or Hertz or Mahomes right. just because you want that stack. Although I don't know first round who you're stacking, but <laughs> y- you get the gist. I think honestly, Kyle, I think that your your stack here of uh, Kelsey and Mahomes is probably the earliest possible stack that I can think of outside of maybe like an Allen and a Diggs. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of tied between. Um, yeah, it's. Or Hurts and AJ Brown. Too. I was going to say Hurts and Brown might be the one that's right there with them, but I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's Kelsey, Kelsey Mahomes, and that's just because Mahomes goes before the other guys. Well, and and I think again, if we're talking about a guy that's got a a corner on his quarterback's uh, targets, I think that that is Travis Kelsey. I mean, Patrick Mahomes loves throwing him the ball, loves throwing him the ball in the red zone everywhere. I I think that this is probably the most valuable stack that there is. Yeah. And it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it. I, at least I hope Definitely. so. It will pay off. All, All right, right. Uh, Kyle, roll you got on it. to our ne- you got it. No, I'm gonna let you have it. Roll on to our next strategy here. Next strategy is kind of a an intricate one and a very uh, I'll say ballsy one. 
And to an extent, it makes sense. And it's drafting for the playoffs. And it's basically a, I wouldn't say a gamble, but essentially a double down that the team you've drafted is good enough to make it to the the end and kind of like qualify for the next round. So for example, uh, on underdog, the regular season is weeks one through 14. So you, you kind of, and then like the top percentage of that group goes on to round two or into the playoffs. And then from there, it's percentage, percentage. And basically the final week 17 is where, what the, the final payouts really um, are awarded to. So this drafting for the playoffs is essentially a, a gamble on your team making it to that fi- those final rounds. And then it's just like, all right, you've made it. Now your team's going to really thrive. So, for example, it's like, I'll, I'll say specifically drafting for week 17, which is you've made it to the final round and now your team is going to be the de- best team in week 17. And it's going to, to win you the, the big million dollar prize. And it's like, you've made it that far up until now, but then drafting for week 17, uh, the teams there drafting for teams that are on, uh, just looking at the schedule, the teams that are on potential shootouts in week 17 kind of allows you to just stockpile points week 17 and uh, win yourself some dollars. Um, So for example, just kind of like listing out some of these potential blowout games um, or not blowout, but these high scoring shootouts, Cardinals at Eagles, Dolphins at Ravens, Bengals at Chiefs, I think is the biggest one. Lions at Cowboys and Chargers at Broncos. So it's essentially taking players on those teams and kind of prioritizing them uh, in, in drafts. It's not like shaping your draft strategy on those players specifically, but these middle rounds kind of being like, all right, I want guys on these offenses that are most likely going to score because my team's going to make it that far. Yeah, and I'll admit, Kyle, this isn't a strategy that I necessarily love to employ, but I I feel like it's kind of looking at where you're going to be at without how you're getting there. You know what I mean? But um, you do just need to be top two at the end of the season in your group of 12 in order to make this – to qualify for this playoff. I I have here that uh, – I don't know. Round two will consist of 37,560 entries in 3,130 groups. So it really, really does get narrowed down. Um, but, and having these guys, that's definitely the argument for having these guys that are that are in these high-scoring matchups. I think specifically, if you take a look at players that have uh, green matchups for the last weeks, the last couple weeks, the playoff run weeks, uh, I think that that's a really strong way to, to kind of draft, if, if not just looking at week 17. Um, I think if you can get these guys on your team, again, like we mentioned with stacking, not by going out of your way, but if they kind of fall to you, I think these would be some guys to kind of circle. Yeah. And I, it's one of those, this is one of those strategies that uh, you'll see people who kind of do the, the max entries will, will really be targeting. They'll have an entry of uh, primarily dolphins and Ravens players. And they'll have an entry with primarily Chargers and Broncos players. And just kind of like the entries of just really accumulating um, roster percentage of a lot of these players. And just kind of spreading their wealth of, uh, among the lands. But this is one, again, it's not one I'm personally prioritizing. But like in these later rounds where it's just like I'm between two uh, two running backs. Like I just mm-hmm. took David Montgomery. 
he's on the Lions. I I like him one. I like him for the season, but I mean, week seventeen, he's got a potential blowout game or shootout game. Uh, come on, let's get some uh, week seventeen <laughs> points. Yeah, and and maybe it's a little bit of a slant off of this off of this uh, strategy here, but I think that. Um, you can also look at teams that particularly perform well in primetime games or are in a lot of primetime style games, uh, kind of like the Bengals, kind of like the Chiefs. Obviously, that's just kind of targeting higher scoring offenses in general. Yeah. But um, I mean, how many times do we see the Bengals on TV and they're just in a phenomenal game or the Bills and they're in a phenomenal game? Uh, and I think that that's just kind of taking into consideration this this building on week 17, looking for the teams that are going to have shootouts strategy just because you're looking for those players that are going to have the highest upside when it matters. And hopefully those, those players that are performing well and in those games and those high level games will be pushing your whole entire team up the whole season, let alone the playoffs. So. Yeah. And hopefully it's basically just hoping you make it to, to that end. Cause once right. you draft your team, it's just like, all right, let's pray. Uh, because <laughs> you've still got to make it through a full off season, a full training camp. You got to make it through preseason, and then right. the season begins. So right. your guys that you could have fifty percent roster ship, roster percentage ownership of, uh, you could lose them any given week. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's just a lot of praying. Definitely. All right. Final. I guess the final uh, big one here. Um, is just to focus on roster construction going into whether going into your draft or just going based on your pick in the draft. So, well, it's interesting that these are all kind of RB focused, um, but just running through the list, there's hero RB, zero RB, which is kind of the the more popular, more well-known one. Uh, A newly introduced name for this one is superhero RB. And robust RB. Uh, so a lot of RB focused, but I think that's just because there's such a, a, a central piece of fantasy offenses that you kind of have to really game plan your your roster construction off of these. Right. So starting with uh, hero RB, Zach, I think we'll just kind of highlight these and uh, give your thoughts on them real quick. Um, yeah, hero RB, just... yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to mention before you get into them too awful much, Kyle, these can also apply to just regular fantasy football as well. This is one of the uh, obviously we talked about it with stacking, but this does 100 percent apply to uh, regular fantasy football. And you can employ these into your regular drafts, let alone just underdog drafts. Yep. And we'll probably go over these again uh, in July when we're talking draft strategies Um, and they'll, they'll most likely kind of be the centerpieces there especially when we kind of get a really good idea of ADP for yeah, the draft. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll probably mention some guys that fit into them specifically. Yep. So start getting us started. Hero RB, which is starting your draft with the running back, starting your draft with the Christian McCaffrey uh, in round one, and then you just load up on other positions before getting, your, uh, before getting another running back. Um, maybe waiting until like round five through seven until you get your second RB. But it's basically, I've taken my RB. I've got my guy that's going to slot into that starting RB role probably every week. And then you're just like, all right, let's load up on some solid like stud receivers. Maybe get a tight end in there. Maybe get a QB or just load up on more receivers. And then you just are like, all right, I'm cool. You kind of evade the the RB dead zone with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just kind of get some RBs there. 
I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that in best ball, I don't particularly love this strategy. Uh, I think that the style of best ball, I, I, I need to just double check, make sure my roster construction is correct here. But I think that, yes, you start weekly on a weekly basis. You do start three wide receivers. So I think that that does put a little more emphasis on the importance of wide receivers in, in underdog best ball specifically. Uh, as compared to running backs. But I guess the counter argument to that would be if you can get one of your running backs out of the way right at the beginning, then you're just looking to fill one other running back spot and you can focus on wide receiver heavily through those other rounds. So I don't know. I guess I just talked myself out of my own argument there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those you draft your guy, your Christian McCaffrey, and then you get to like, we're looking at round nine right now on the screen. Then you just load up on guys like uh, Rashad Penny's, Brian Robinson's, uh, Damian Harris. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, guys that will have weeks and you just kind of hope that they they don't intersect and will always have somebody to slot into your your RB2 spot. Well, and I'm going to just use that right to transition into zero RB there, which is kind of what I think I prefer more in uh, in these best ball formats where I'm taking a guy like uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams in the first round, and then I'm pairing them right in the second round with a Garrett Wilson, a Devontae Adams, uh, I'm sorry, Devontae Smith. I'm just loading up on receivers for the first couple rounds because I'm playing zero RB strategy, which is the next one we're talking about here. And zero RB is essentially where you are focusing on every other position for the first five, six, seven, eight rounds before you start looking at running back, and then you're kind of just going with the uh, like the the mud on the wall tactic. Uh, where you're hoping that something sticks. You know, you're taking guys. I'm looking at some of the guys that are here, Kyle. You're taking guys like Brian Robinson. You're taking guys like Rashad Penny. You're taking guys like uh, I, I see even down at the bottom there, like a James Cook, a Samaj P. Ryan. You're just looking for guys that are that could potentially have some sort of role um, and might happen to play in, in fantasy. And, you know, those guys will just bump in and will be your everyday, every every week starters or your your top scorers on a week-to-week basis. So that's personally my favorite out of these two, especially in a, in a best ball situation. Because, you know, even if even if a guy like – I see uh, Devin Achan was up there, the rookie, for yep. the, uh, the rookie for the Dolphins. We don't know what he's going to be. He could be a guy that's, you know, that goes for 30 one week and zero the next week, and that's the, the perfect sort of, uh, of player in a best ball format. So I like zero RB a little bit more in, in best ball but that's just my personal preference. Yeah, I feel like it works a little bit better in best ball than it would uh, in a redraft league. And that's because you don't have to worry about which running backs you're starting. Uh, You can go seven rounds and then you, and then you get David Montgomery, you get Dalvin cook there at Khalil Herbert in Chicago. There are plenty of guys in these late rounds Mm -hmm. that you can kind of fill these teams up with. uh, If you don't have a, a star running back early. Yeah, I, I think that there's this year specifically, I, I'm sure that we say this every single year, but I think this <laughs> year specifically, it feels like there is a lot of value a little bit later. I, I'm just looking at your board here now, Kyle. Uh, and I mean, Jamal Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Khalil Herbert, those are all guys that could have a huge role in their in their team's offenses. Um, I, I see Jalen Warren there, like Tank Bigsby. There's, I, I really, really like some of those names that are later on in drafts this year, uh, especially, uh, like I keep saying, especially in best ball where you don't need them to be good on a consistent week-to-week basis. You need them to be good for one week at a time each. So uh, I, I like it. Yeah. And then moving on to the next RB strat, 
superhero RB, or I guess this is probably new to you listeners. It's kind of one that I've been seeing floating around just basically just starting the season um, or at least this year. Uh, and that's essentially you get two RBs in the first three rounds. You get two, two solid guys early and then you're, you're done. You're waiting. You're waiting for uh, until probably these late ninth through 11 rounds um, where you get these backups or you get these, these fringe RB starters um, like Kilo Herbert just went. Mm-hmm. Um, you load up on those two studs and then you just kind of, you take all the running or receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks you want, and then you return to, to running back. I think that the best way to explain it would be like almost like hero RB, just with a little extra cushion in yeah. there. Like if you are swinging at a Christian McCaffrey at an Eckler as your hero RB, you better not miss, you know, like that was everyone's problem in 2021. I think that they swung on Christian McCaffrey and he ended up getting hurt. Um, yeah. and, and that just completely derailed everyone's seasons because their hero RB, the guy that they were relying on was gone. Whereas in superhero RB, you compare Christian McCaffrey with, I, I don't know who's Kyle. Can you flip back to the board quick? You can, you can, you know, pair Christian McCaffrey with Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs. So that gives you a little more cushion where if you do miss on McCaffrey, if he does get hurt, at least you have that fallback of having another guy that's there to help kind of give you a good base week in and week out. Yep. It it kind of, uh, and cap it's, you're right. It's like a hero RB with an extra cushion and you're just, you're able to just load up on every other position you want. And Speaking of loading up on a position, the last strategy we have is going to be robust running back, which is where more or less you are just like loading on running backs for the first, uh, I would say like three to five rounds uh, where you are looking to just pile up three, four, maybe, maybe who knows, even five running backs in those first couple rounds. And, And really the goal is that you're just getting a lot of quality high level running backs that you don't have to worry about the position at all throughout the rest of the year because everyone, Kyle, you mentioned before, there's a, such a thing as the running back dead zone where you get to a chunk of the draft where you don't want to take any of those running backs. Um, there's a lower hit rate on those low level uh, running backs than there is on like wide receivers, excuse me, or quarterbacks or even tight ends for that matter. So robust running back is essentially putting a lot of investment into high level running backs and, and knowing that they're going to pay off for you on a season long basis. Yeah. It's really just uh, wanting your running back room to be, to be filled, to be solid. Mm -hmm. And then you can just leave it alone. You can avoid the, like you said, the dead zone, and then you can just get, any and all receivers, you don't have to return to it until later, much later in the draft, um, just to get those extra pieces in there. And it ju- just provides, uh, we keep saying, extra cushion, extra oomph, um, just more reliance and help uh, and support in the running back room. Kyle, just a real quick mention redraft. I know we're focusing on best ball right now, but looking at it from a redraft, I, I've personally employed this strategy in a couple different years of, of fantasy. And I think it's the safest way to ensure that you're going to have a good season. You know, it's not necessarily – I've never won using this strategy personally. No, it's just me. 
uh, and I could just be a garbage fantasy manager, but you know what? <laughs> but I think it also I think it just gives you that good baseline week in and week yeah. out that you know that you have a chance to win every single week, um, or you're not just going to be completely tanking because you've got this again safe, solid core of your running back that cushion. Yeah, you are essentially drafting your flex early. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically mm-hmm. guaranteeing who your flex is going to be every week. Right. Um, and to some people, at least in redraft, that is comfort. That is uh, no tinkering. That is just right. all right. I've got my I've got my flex. I've got my starting running backs and my flex. Uh, let's let's party. Now, one last thing, Kyle. That kind of goes both ways for underdog. Underdog is half point PPR. So yeah running backs are a little more valuable just because receivers aren't getting that full point boost for every catch. But on the counterpart of that, you do start three wide receivers. So maybe it, it kind of goes both ways, I think. Yeah, it really flip-flops. And at that point, it just kind of becomes uh, the type of, not risk, with the type of choice that you want to make as as the fantasy player. And that's mm-hmm. why it is your team, your draft, you shape it and make the decisions that you want. Absolutely. Uh, and Kyle, one last strategy I just want to throw at you. I, I'm going a little off board here. We don't have this one on our on our show sheet together. But uh, I, I think that you it's not necessarily a strategy, but more just a mentality going into these drafts is that you can't be scared of the high, the high ceiling player, high ceiling, low floor player guys that will, I guess the way to put it are boom or bust. You know, if you if there's any format that you want these guys in, it's definitely a best ball format because you don't need to worry about starting them or sitting them week in and week out. Um, just a couple guys that I can think of off the top of my head, like a Miko Hardman, uh, a guy that could go for uh, you know a, a long touchdown, uh, two long touchdowns in a game, or he could not get the ball at all. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other names there that that kind of resonate with me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mike Williams is a great example. Mike Williams is notorious for being injured one week and playing the next week. But, you know, if you don't catch him on one of those weeks that he's, or if you catch him on a week that he's injured, he's going to give you five to zero points, you know, but if he goes off, he's going to give you 35 plus in a game. So uh, he's a great example of someone to take in best ball. I think that best ball just allows you to, to know that you're going to get the best week in and week out, whether your guys are playing, whether they're not playing, whether they're good, whether they're bad, high ceiling, low floor, doesn't matter. Yeah, I think the these drafts, these um I feel like best ball is the best place to draft rookies, just rookies mm-hmm. overall mm-hmm. because you don't have to commit to starting them because it's just gonna, they're going to start whenever they want. And rookies, these star rookies will always have huge weeks where it's just like, "Oh, this is the huge hotness now. He this is his breakout." And maybe it maybe it is and then maybe it's not, but you still get to to take advantage of that and have that and you get you get the points for that no matter what that's a perfect point i think kyle and i that's my favorite thing to do in these is to to stock up on uh to stock up on rookie receivers especially late in the drafts um i'm kind of i'm looking up his stats right now actually and i'm thinking of uh literally jamar chase in his rookie year i mean he was the definition of highs and lows we saw him a couple weeks of eight, a couple weeks of six. He had a one-point week, a four-point week, but then he had a week with 55. He had a week with 34. Like, he was just all over the place. And if you manage to have him in best ball his rookie season, now, I mean, he, he had one of the best rookie seasons <laughs> in ever as a, as a wide receiver. But, you know, but that's the kind of person that you would love to have in a best ball format. Even last year, um, if you think of, like, Jamison Williams, I mean, he came back for – 
uh, after his his ACL tear. He came back and he had uh, a game where he managed to catch a touchdown right off the bat. But then he didn't do anything for any of the other games. So in best ball, you get the benefit of having him during that week and not driving yourself nuts because you, you started him all those other weeks expecting him to go crazy and you just didn't get that. Yeah, and it's something to note that uh, everybody in underdog loves rookies. I think it's just kind of known, take rookies. So mm-hmm. just know that they you pay a premium for these rookies mm-hmm. um, and, and just kind of know that it's almost worth it just because you get the breakout potential. Yeah. Uh, just, just kind of baked into, baked into their cost, but baked into your team, and you're gonna get those points. Right. Absolutely. Well, well summarized there, Kyle. Uh, and then just kind of final notes. ADP and on underdog can be found. Uh, I think both on Fantasy Pros and Four for Four. Keep an eye on that. It's good to just kind of keep refreshed, keep up to date on where players are going, players are uh, moving, players are shifting. Uh, they fluctuate daily based on just news hype training camp and then just kind of people will random like the public in in general will just fall out of love or in love with people and it's just kind of like the fantasy community overhypes or creates hype uh almost out of nowhere but it it just kind of circulates uh and easy to point out in underdog yeah we'll see this you you mentioned it the news the training camp as we get closer to the season and certain people go this way and this way with um with their quarterbacks, with their new situations, with hype, with all that good stuff, they're going to fluctuate all over the place. And uh, I think a great example that's going to be fluctuating big time coming up is DeAndre Hopkins, wherever he ends up landing. Uh, You know, that's either going to push him up boards or push him down boards, depending on his location. You know, if he ends up in Philly and he's the third option, sure, he's on a great offense, but that might push him down a little bit. Whereas if he ends up in uh, ends up in Buffalo with Josh Allen as his number two, you know, that might push him up the boards quite a bit. So it's stay, stay flexible to ADP. Stay, stay tuned to it. Stay. Yep. Stay flexible and kind of, it, it's a beauty to stay flexible. Uh, Absolutely. It's a, it's a privilege too. It's fun. Um, underdog is, is fun. Best ball is fun. It's just Definitely. enjoy, enjoy the ride. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's a great way to, to summarize it. <laughs> and with that, wrap up there uh those were just some uh, i guess intro strategies for best ball specifically on underdog uh thank you for joining and tuning in if you're really curious on how this draft completes i will probably tweet it out um you can find me on twitter at kyle krajewski uh you, you'll see it if you find me um I, yeah i'll tweet it out because i'm probably not going to finish it here on in the video Um, But again, thank you for tuning in. And if you're listening for podcasts, um, watch the video on YouTube. If you're curious, Um, you can kind of see my, my thoughts and and like my guidance towards the Kelsey Mahomes stack. Um, But either way, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, podcasting, Twitter at first seed fantasy. You search it, you'll find us. Um, I am Kyle Krajewski, joined by beautiful Zach Cole. Zach, it was a love, it was a pleasure t- chatting with you, chatting best ball with you. Um, and I'll talk to you next week. That sounds like a plan. Get out there, do some cardio, enter in that FF Cardio Club, and don't forget code first seed on Underdog. Get that deposit match. It's a blessing. Enjoy a enjoy a lovely. Uh, draft entry on us. (laughs) All right. 
See you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.